Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. everyone and welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. My name is Jules Gill and I'm taking the place, sad as it is to say, of Scott Telford. Bless, bless you mate. Rest in peace mate. Rest in peace. You're in a better place now at home with your wife. Cool. Right, so I'm joined today by Josh Brown. Isn't he Hello. so lovely? Oh, am I? Mm, very. You can be the judge of that. I am and I judge you to Thank be. Thank you. Two thumbs up. And we are joined by the equally outrageously lovely Aww, Ash Millman. Two thumbs up. Uh, <laughs> mm, uh, one and a half, one and one and one and a lazy thumb, a halfy thumb. Ow. Anyway, we're here today because we are talking about video game movies. Now, I like probably both of you and many of you listening out there love a good video game movie. And if it sounds like I'm depressed, but it's <laughs> <laughs> it so sad, Jules. It's, it's because of the fact that there's not been many good ones. That's the problem. And we're here today to try and tackle or answer the question: Can you make a good video game movie? Yes. But why is it so bloody difficult? Well, I mean, there have been so many over decades now, and you would think that Hollywood would get it right eventually, mm. yet they keep making, in my opinion, the same mistakes over and over again. I do think there are good video game movies in there. We're going to talk about a few today. There are a few that I really love, as well as a few guilty pleasures, but mm. I find more often than not, they always fall into that latter category. I quite like a lot of them, but not for the right reasons. Therefore, you know, lazy Sunday afternoons when you've got a bit of a hangover and you're thinking, what's on Netflix? And it's always Resident Evil 2 Apocalypse. I don't know oh. why, but it's also that one. And I'm kind of of fine with that but it's it's so frustrating to you know be here as a video game and a movie fan and just realizing that Hollywood isn't realizing the potential of these properties and these characters that could make for excellent big screen adaptations and yet they just keep fumbling it and I wonder whether that's because they just don't get the source material or they don't understand mm. it or what because I think even though video games have come a long way and they're very popular they're still viewed by a lot of people especially you know older business executives <laughs> yeah. as kind Kind of, you know, a younger, unproven thing, whereas mm. in reality, they are absolutely not. I think people see them and think, oh, that'll be big books, because a big old franchise that's had loads of money pumped into it, and think they can do the same thing by just having a very small snapshot. Sh- a snapshot of it. <laughs> a snapshot. Um, but, like, obviously that's not how it works, and I think as, approaching this from the gaming side of you as uh, gamers, um, you've, got, <laughs> you've got to, uh, you got to embrace that we're going to be really possessive of characters and storylines mm. and know them inside and out. There's people who play these games over and 
and over and over and over and over and over and over Stop. and over again. Yeah. And uh, like they're going to know it way better than anyone else like making the movie can know it because it's, mm. it's your experience, it's your played, your uh, active experience of this game. So then watching someone else in like a lead role as protagonist act it out in a different way and take your character and turn them into something that is marketable yeah. is never going to be quite as appealing as seeing it yourself. I mean, let's let's pick up on that point of agency effectively. Like when you are playing a video game, you are in direct control. It's why survival horror games are scarier because of the fact that you are the one that is seeing your character get hurt and it's an extension of who you are. But the way that um, video games are, characters are written are usually quite minimal in order to make sure that the player can invest on it. You get characters that don't speak like, mm -hmm. um, you know, Gordon Freeman and people like that. So when you take that, and try and turn it into a character, which you have to do for a movie, and tell an audience what this person is, that's where a lot of the message can be lost. Because you sit there thinking, well, that's not how I played this character, or this isn't how this person would react in this situation because of how my playtime went. But at some point, somebody has to say, oh, I've got to give them a motive. I've got to give them drive. And that's where it becomes a problem because they have to write for these archetypal characters and just be like, well, what yeah. do we give them? Yeah. How do you decide what is a good character trait to have? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to adapting these stories, I think it's far more difficult than, you know, a book, for instance, where those arcs and those motivations mm. and those characters are more well-defined. And we do have story-driven games that you would think would translate better to movies, but even then I don't think that they do because you still have that element of agency and player interaction mm. and, and their relationship being different to something that you passively see on screen. I do think that's a hard hurdle to get over because you look at these movies and I think that writers and directors are thinking, well, what elements do we need to take and transfer? Yeah. What makes this game so popular? Is it the characters? Is it, you know, the action beats? Is it the gameplay? And it's hard to get your head around that and transfer that over to a movie that needs to be, you know, coherent and concise and have everything, you know, make sense within two hours rather than over the cost of 10, 15, 20, 100 yeah. or whatever. 100%. I think, uh, I think the, the, the massive scale and then shortening that down to a small amount of time is a big problem. But I think my perfect like video game movie would be something that just takes a snapshot or a side story or like a side quest yeah. or doesn't have to set up characters and motivation and everything from a game. Just says, okay, the video game exists. That's its own source material. We can play through that. And, and this is a spin-off to it. And it's like a little short story, kind of like um, Dead Space Downfall, like the hmm. anime movie. Yeah. Um, that sort of thing. I think that that was like a really good snapshot you just want a snapshot yeah. you want a little slice you want a little little taste of what is out there in that game world that you then go and explore yourself not an overarching this is what happens in this game put into a film yeah because yeah. It, you'll lose so much in the context I know that it's one of the biggest gripes that um, people who uh, see their favourite uh, novels and stuff getting mm. uh, translated to film it's always the case of well they missed out this chapter where's bloody Tom Bombadil I yeah. want to see a dancing where man where, where is he <laughs> <laughs> but it's like when we got video games if you actually like break them down to what video games are I use the uh, last of us as an example mm. um, like before before I was setting up, I was like writing down, trying to think how I would make that into a, uh, into a video game film. And it's actually really difficult because not only have you got so many different elements that are jumping around, it's connected by action sequences that if you were to watch them, if you were to just sit there and just watch that entire thing play out, it would actually be quite boring. Mm. It's one of the biggest complaints that people have for the Transformers films, that it was numbing, that you were maintaining a level of action that was so high, asking the audience to invest in that action level. It requires a lot of energy from the audience, and it just it dulls and dulls and dulls. If yeah. I was to see Joel and Ellie run through some boxes and, and, then like, and shoot some people and then run away from some raiders and then run away and this, and, and it was just constantly shooting and being like having the uh, cordyceps uh, people like um, 
chasing after them. The Clickers, clickers. I couldn't remember their name for a second. I was still like infected. Not zombies. No, people. Yeah, like it would it would be draining. Like that wouldn't actually make a good film because you're not actually telling a story in that sense. You're just basically going, this is here and that was in the game, and that's what Silent Hill did wrong. I loved that film for how bad it is. I like Silent Hill. It's a bad film, though. I, I well, don't, I don't apologize for it. But they, no, but, I like it. And I'm not going to say it's a bad film. I'm not going to make excuses no, 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 for it. No, 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 no guilty no, pleasure. No, no. I like Silent Hill. Absolutely, no, but that's absolutely fine. But the, one of the biggest problems I had with it is mm. that it was a disconnected. Um, it was disconnected from its own source yeah. material in the sense that they chucked those sexy nurses and pyramid heads yeah, in there. Yeah, it doesn't have context. But it doesn't have like any relation to the character. It was like it's. Um, Oh, it's going to annoy me. I get always get the two confused for the first two protagonists of Silent Hill. It's Harry, isn't it? Who's the is one that James is in Harry and James? Harry, second, yeah. James Sunderland and Harry. So James is uh, is connected to Pyramid Head because it's yes. his sexual frustration. Mm. It has nothing to do with the character in in the film. I kind of liked it as them getting lost in this. I know, I know, it's not the point of the film, but I kind of like them getting lost in this game world that was already set up. Like Silent mm. Hill was this place with all these things in that have attacked these other people, and they're seeing like the remnants of it. Sort of. That's how I kind of like enjoyed it. I was like, okay, here's all these things from the games that other people have experienced, mm. and now they're running through it as well with the whole like split personality girl with the two good and evil things that like formed it all I don't know I thought it was interesting so. but if, if they'd set it up as that just yeah. saying like it's yeah. echoes of the past then I would have been completely on yeah. board and maybe the, uh, the film as a whole would have uh, benefited from yeah. that yeah. but I have to admit you have there to is, write that on yourself there, there, <laughs> is, there is one bit in that film that is pure perfection and that is when uh, Pyramid Head rips the skin off that woman and throws it against <laughs> the wall of a church and I was just like that's the best scene. <laughs> that is hands down the best scene of the entire film. Well, I think Silent Hill is a good example because for me, the biggest issue when you're making video game movies is taking like the iconography and not kind of justifying it. It's kind of just throwing it in as fan service. And I always feel like when video game films try to just mimic the plot or the general beats of the game, it's always just kind of diminishing returns. It's like yeah. as games become more cinematic and as, as the storytelling becomes more mature, you don't need to then have it in live action because the cinematics or the in-game cutscenes accomplish that just as well as any movie can. It's essentially yeah. like you're watching an animated film and I don't think that putting real actors in it and then limiting the scope and kind of changing things around it's not, it's, that's not the true version because the true version already exists. For yeah. me, it's different to adapting a book because everyone has their own idea of how things look in a book. Mm -hmm. You can do more mm -hmm. with it. It's, mm -hmm. They're often, you know, you know, you're exploring the inner psyche of someone rather than just the action. So there's a lot more you can kind of do with it and realize it in a way that is separate. But the mediums of gaming, at least gaming storytelling and movie storytelling are so similar that I just spat all over you there, Ash. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I, I saw it spray. Anyone watching this video can just see it like shower over this entire table. Oh, really? I can't remember what I was I'm saying. Like, I was like, I, was like, I, I saw it, myself out to it. I was like, mm, I'm so yeah, sorry. I was so in the zone. Yeah. A refreshing myth. Yeah. It was, uh, you were talking about adaptations for books. Like. Yeah, essentially like, for me, it's closer to when you see um, Hollywood adapt a foreign language movie, like yeah. a horror movie, like Wreck Becomes Quarantine. Yeah. And it's, it, it's, it indeed. It's, it's not much, like the beats are the same in yeah. kind of, it's similar in aesthetic and yet something's kind of missing because we've seen that before. We've yeah. potentially seen it done better and you're kind of thinking, why does this movie exist when there's already a great version of it? And that's what I get from movies like the most recent Tomb Raider, which try to adapt parts of the game and kind of, you know, 
look like the game, but yeah. also it did its own thing in places, and it's sort of like, who's this for? Is well, it just for the fan service? Is it for movie um, buffs or, yeah. or what? Well, this um, the Tomb Raider one is actually a really good example because I feel like that was one of the first um, uh, movie video game uh, video game movies to come out that was actually like critically well received as in not panned yeah. and, and, yeah. and it did really well in terms of the box office mm. as well and that was because basically they leaned so heavily on tropes that were set up from Indiana Jones films like, yeah. It, yeah. like you you literally could just take her out and put in uh, like another character mm. and there would be nothing to make it feel like it was Lara Croft uh. like it has because it's like oh the father figures mm. like abandon them okay that's Indiana Jones like it's the um, uh, t- the tomb raiding from Indiana Jones the tomb raiding <laughs> no, you know what I mean like, the tomb raiding from tomb but she, but she, she doesn't even raid that many tombs, does no, she? she doesn't. She and doesn't. it's like what, takes a while for the tomb raiding. To and begin. it's like she's rich. Like, is that a character trait? Like, yeah. It's, I, yeah. I, there, there was that. There was that amazing scene where she has the. Um, Oh, the uh, aerial ropes, and she's yeah. like, slight, like she's rolling up and down them. Yeah. That was that was brilliant. But that's not in the game. Like that's, <laughs> that's that was never in the game at all. I like the bit where she's fighting that big mechanical robot thing yeah. right, in that, VR training or whatever it is. See, that really confused me at the beginning because yeah. if I was to think of one thing that was not not at all Tomb anything Raider. to do with Tomb Raider it would be a robot like I don't, <laughs> uh, it's because of the fact that I'd just be like dinosaur yeah. just, just just make it a VR dinosaur and at uh, least then I would have been like oh cool like I would have a bit more I connection th- I think you've got to give them some slack as well I think video game movies are held up to such a high standard when they're supposed to be good schlocky fun yeah. like the Doom mm. movie good schlocky fun Good schlocky fun. Ash, don't, no, don't Ashley, no, 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 dagger in my Good heart. Schlocky fun. Uh, I think you've just got to accept them for what they are. That it's inspired by and takes these influences from, but isn't going to be the same thing because you guys are saying yeah. you want a movie that doesn't want that doesn't boil this down into two hours and wipe over it and everything, and then saying, oh, but they didn't have right. this from the game. No, oh, this no, was different in the I, game. I, I, totally, I totally accept this criticism because I feel like it, it's we're asking the impossible. Yeah. Like everyone has this impossible ideal of what it should be. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to achieve that. It just means that it's mm. so difficult to get right like um, yeah. people would say that at this current time detective pikachu is one of the best video yeah, game yeah. movies around that somehow managed to capture a, an incredibly hard license to do mm. right which is the pokemon things because again the scrutiny levels are insane yeah. they managed to uh put it with actors who people didn't think it was going to work with like if you imagined ryan reynolds as pikachu like if oh you, i was like, aggy about that considering uh, yeah. pikachu's gravelly tones from the game everyone wanted danny devito to be yeah. and, like, and, and true <laughs> that would have been, awesome. been really yeah. good but it's just kind of like how that film managed to take all of these very risky elements mm. and turn out so well is an accomplishment in and of itself. And I personally have not played the Detective Pikachu games. I wonder if it's because of the fact that they based it on that uh, spin-off series mm. of the Pokemon franchise that they had less expectations from people because it's not it, it isn't as popular as the main entry yeah. series. Like it's just not. It didn't yeah. sell anywhere near as well as the other ones. Yeah. People weren't even aware that it actually existed as a subset for a long time. So when it was Detect Pikachu, people were like, oh, I'll give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Like it's because it had no weight on it. I kind of feel like that worked, especially in some of I think some of the best video game um, movies work so well because even if things are sort of change or they make decisions that you might not agree with, like mm. Ryan Reynolds' Pikachu, I feel like the people making it at least get and understand what the core of it should mm. feel yeah. like. Whereas I think for a lot of, you know, games like the first Tomb Raider, as, as fun as they are, just kind of don't really get what makes the originals great. They understand the iconography and they understand the character names, but they don't quite, you know, understand what they're built around. I feel like, to me, that is almost a direct comparison to the early superhero movies that Mm. we had, especially Mm. in the early 2000s, that would take these characters that studio execs knew 
were popular, but didn't understand why. They just thought, oh, it's people, you know, in sick-looking costumes beating up bad guys, and that'll be enough, that'll sell. We'll whack on Evanescence on the soundtrack, which I fully agree with, by the way, and then, you know, we'll push it out. We just need to have a plot, just need to have characters. We don't need to understand what makes these people tick and what's made them endured for so long. We just need to have them there, and that will be enough. And I think that idea of just that being enough has translated to video games, Mm -hmm. and we've seen things, uh, video game movies, we've seen things like Detective Pikachu kind of rebuff that in a way and say, no, you can have your cake and eat it too. You can have this mass market thing that satisfies, you know, fans and knows exactly what it is and kind of isn't ashamed what it is either. I I guess what you're looking for is the successful uh, video game movies are the ones that don't just act as uh, shell films, as in Mm -hmm. it's not just another film with a skin on top. Like Detective Pikachu is effectively like a buddy cop movie, but it's got so many elements that make it stand out as different to that genre. That's what makes it interesting. I I think some of the best video game movies are the ones that aren't actually on a particular video game. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is another sacrilegious thing to say, I really like Ready Player One. I like that. I've I know it's based it. on a book and I know that there's, that ties into it and that sort of thing. But that it is a, it's a video game movie that isn't about a, a video game. It's its own made up. It's about yeah. video games in general. Yeah. It's about yeah. pop culture. Um, like Unbreakable being one of the best comic book movies, but it's not based on a comic book. It's about comic books sort of right. thing. So like, it's, I think that's a really good way of approaching it that maybe we need to have more of that before they start diving into the actual source material and doing it like that way. I mean, I, I still go back to what you said before. That snapshot idea mm. is the best way to do a film yeah. because you're not actually directly comparing. You are saying this is totally going to be very different to what you've seen before and can take risks in ways that other things don't like I'm trying to I'm struggling to think of what ones that are successful that have been these sort of snapshot style things I mean you yeah like do could do uh, all right doom isn't successful but the the idea of doom being an absolutely blank slate game where it's like okay we're just going to go fight monsters Mm. and then putting a story on that it didn't necessarily work for that film but something like that would work if someone did it right you know what (laughs) I mean like if you just took a like this this base narrative of oh we are killing monsters okay why could that be what is this spin-off how could that be on another planet or sort of thing I think that would be an interesting way of doing it why is it it not called evolve evolve the movie. <laughs> uh, the, it all would work so well as It a actually movie. would. It would work better than the game did it as a definitely movie. Like, would. And someone who enjoyed, as someone who enjoyed Evolve, yes, that would be much, <laughs> much better as a film. Because they had a great, great law around it. I think you need to look at things that have law or that don't have law mm. and don't sit in the middle. Like, you need to have loads and loads of law, like an Elder Scrolls movie could... Oh God, that would be difficult. It would be incredibly difficult. If you find the specific thing to do it, like you could do Khajiit caravanners, like you mm. could have like a whole community of that and just do that bit. But think about it this way, uh, with the Witcher TV series, they have managed to take what could be considered the right approach to uh, adapting a video game uh, material because they are giving it time. They are actually allowing it like to tell its own story over multiple episodes so that they can tweak and tailor things as it goes on. Pitching a Witcher movie to me would would be be, bad. really hard to get right yeah, they, I mean like even simple games with simple like plots don't stick the landing yeah. like um, Assassin's Creed mm. it has a relatively simple thing if you take out all of the mind bollocks that's oh. in the, um, <laughs> the, the, the animus stuff yeah. like if you just focus on it being about assassins Prince of Persia has a relatively like simple storyline yeah. but it didn't save that like, uh, yeah I remember when people were saying like Prince of Persia the movie was sort of one of the best video game movies there was and that, uh, that was, was such me at the time. praise that's like, me too <laughs> man but like you look at it and you think why is this kind of yeah. it's at once t- too simple and too bloated like it was too yeah. long and yet too kind of just odd and strange but I think The Witcher is a good comparison I completely forgot that even happened but yeah, you know, know like the fact that you give them time Guys. over the past few like over an entire series or an entire season you let it breathe and I think The Witcher 
the but Witcher helped because it was based on books, books. Yeah, I was about to, to start say. with, which you know might make it more of an anomaly. But I think you have that solid foundation. Well, you let it just exist. And that's potentially better. I can't remember who it was, but there was a there was sorry there was a director who said that um, uh, adapting from books is much easier than any other thing because yeah. of the fact that you've got it there and the screenplay is basically for you to edit out. You're basically mm. taking stuff out rather than adding much in. If you go back to video games again and you break down what actually happens, it's like, okay, we've got an action scene. Mm. This character says this to something. They're usually minimal dialogue. Mm. Like there's, you're playing a game for like 25 hours sometimes, 40 hours, 100 hours. Warcraft, 1,000 hours. <laughs> and yet you're trying to boil all that dialogue down into like into this two hour yeah. most thing. It just sometimes doesn't work. I mean, have you guys watched Warcraft? I, yeah, I saw Warcraft. pictures. You know, I thought it was okay. Like I have no... Attraction, attraction Attraction to the actual source material. I never really played World of Warcraft or any Mm. of the other Warcraft spin-off periphery (laughs) stuff, but the film was all right. As an introduction point, it made me want to play Warcraft more. I was like, I'll try it out. I've got a lovely quote here from uh, the Independence Jack Shepard who said, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It becomes almost impossible to keep up, not helped by the lack of individual character development. A quick example concerning our lead human protagonist. Both his relationship with his plot device son and with the love interest are rushed, underdeveloped, and nearly lacking all emotional oomph. After two brilliant films, it feels like Sam... After two brilliant films, it feels like the fanboy within Duncan Jones got carried away with Azeroth's minute mythology, leading to a film filled with tons of references to the wider world, but no real soul of its own. I think it's hard. It's really hard when you take something that's high fantasy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's almost impossible to make something new and fresh and interesting in the same way that like The Witcher has managed it. Game of Thrones has managed it. Like It's, it's rare, though. There's so much high fantasy out there to do it right and to do it properly and to do it 
in a way that engages people is hard because it made all of its tropes already and they're really hard mm -hmm. to break free of. If you're doing a high fantasy thing, then it's going to follow a, a formula. And yeah. Warcraft had to follow a formula, which it couldn't really break free of because it made all these tropes to begin with. with I'm angry about it. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It made all these tropes to begin with, with the game and has loads of wonderful stories and wonderful ways of interacting with that. I'm not a Warcraft player, but like I know about it and have, and have seen all the joy that it has brought players and the way that it's crafted itself into one of the biggest, the biggest MMO ever. Um, but it did that by establishing its own tropes to make a movie from it. You're going to have things that feel rote and similar yeah. and, and familiar because it's got to say all the same things that it's done originally. Well, the other thing as well is that most of the um, video game films feel similar in terms of their message mm. because of the fact that they uh, there was a there was a study that went out where people were looking into um, why comic book films mm. don't translate to comic book sales. And it's yeah. like a, it's a big thing where like uh, even though uh, Endgame came out and grossed what was it like billion uh, is it, uh, more than that? more over two billion many two, money two, yeah. many money much <laughs> many money <laughs> like it didn't result in sales for comic book lines um, apparently they were at an all time low and even like a mm. debut um, a new series outsold the Avengers line that was going on at the time of printing. And they were saying that uh, just because you have a huge video game audience, that's not what the films are actually trying to target because it is much smaller than a, uh, a film-going audience. I know that a lot of us out there will play video games and go and watch films, obviously, mm. but to target that one franchise that has a dedicated, hardcore audience that's not what they're going to want. That's still yeah. less money than going for a wider approach. Here's just an action film with a skin on top sort of thing. Like, that will make them more money. Well, that's it. If you double down on kind of, you know, making a movie for the fans or whatever, and you're only trying to go for that pool, that pool might be massive in the case of mm. Warcraft or something, with, mm. which, like Ash said, is the biggest MMO ever. But even then, you're already limiting outsiders, you know what I mean? So you're already limiting the market, and then you limit that even more by... If you don't get everything right, part of that franchise, part of that um, audience is going to, you know, erode even more when people are annoyed by it. Or if yeah. they don't like a casting choice, it's going to erode even more. So that pool gets smaller and smaller as you try to market the movie into Hollywood. That's just not what they no. want because they want to make a, a massive return. They want to yeah. appeal to everyone. They want to make, you know, essentially they want to make the next Avengers Endgame. But that only comes from building the brand and appealing everyone. It was it was comic book nerds that helped Marvel succeed in the first place but ultimately it's not comic book nerds that made Avengers Endgame the highest grossing movie of all time it's people regular people who weren't interested in those characters who got interested over the yeah. course of the series like um, Sonic yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, we need to talk about that in a minute but there's just one more thing which is video game uh, movies they're expensive to make yeah like if yeah. you think about them because they're so fantastical and outside of reality for the most part like they re must require huge budgets yeah. like to do it and it was apparently one of the uh, me and Adam Cleary have been talking about it a while, which is the uh, Final Fantasy Spirits Within is a good movie with a few flaws. One of the biggest flaws is that it has the Final Fantasy name attached to it. Yeah. Mm. If it didn't, then he says that it would uh, be like a much, much better received film. And I have, yeah. to, have to agree with him on that one. But they did that because they were like, oh God, we need a franchise to anchor this down. They made the mistake of thinking that it would be, tr it would translate into huge yeah. sales and support, but it just didn't. Like it was people going, this isn't Final Fantasy. Yeah. I really like Spirits Within and that's probably because I never played Final Fantasy growing, growing up. Like when I watched it, I hadn't played Final Fantasy. So I was like, oh, what a great <laughs> yeah. movie. I feel I was like was crying when the people were dying and the tentacles I was like oh my god like, I thought it was really, really emotional um, but I fully accept that as someone who wasn't a Final Fantasy fan like mm. if I look at that as a movie and go oh I enjoyed that 
it's because it's a movie. If it took Final Fantasy off it, yeah, I agree. I guess it comes from a sense of entitlement. Like, it must do all of this because of the fact that we play these games, we invest hundreds of hours into them, we feel like we are part of that universe as much as the character that we're playing as. So when we see it in any way besmirched from how we believe it should be, yeah. then it's like, it's no, we, we distance ourselves, we don't want to do that. And that's not a, the right way to live, obviously. Mm. We shouldn't yeah. be doing that, but it's very hard to disconnect. Well, that's it. I mean, for this this industry, as much as I love it, I feel like the, the fan base, the most rabid fans, are perhaps more entitled than you know movie fans or something they ha- like kind of feel as though they have ownership over these characters and you see that even when you get a new sequel that changes mm-hmm. something and then there's a big backlash or oh, it's something like that so when hollywood are trying to make a movie version of it they increase that risk even more because they are going to take far more liberties than a game developer or publisher would with their own series yeah. especially if they, if they haven't consulted the game developer or publisher which again i just think leads to that chance of just kind of annoy annoying everyone you either try to a appease everyone that annoy the fans or you try to appease the fans and annoy the fans anyway if that makes sense it's a very very hard balance to get right but this leads us to our next point which we will talk about the upcoming one Sonic Yay. because that was a film that has been changed before it's even come out because of backlash from the fans the core audience and Sonic does have a bizarrely rabid fan base like yes like, yes about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean this is the thing like i i love the first uh, three games mm. i think that they are fantastic i like sonic mania i like sonic all-stars team racing but i don't like anything else but that's just my opinion i just yeah. don't like don't like any three any 3d ones just don't like <laughs> just don't like 3d ones i've never really played sonic which is why it was such a surprise when i started doing this job and realized that sonic fans are the most passionate <laughs> will have your lunch you know fans ever because i only watched the cartoons and kind yeah. of was interested in you know sonic as a brand rather than sonic as a game but there are millions of people who love sonic as a game i want to see that you know sort of done justice in movie form and then the movie trailer comes out and Sonic looks like me on a bad hangover and you're thinking, no, something's gone terribly wrong here and we need to change this. And then there was a huge backlash, not just by fans, but from regular people watching the trailer and going, yeah. what the hell are you yeah. doing? Who is this Why? mouse? Who yeah. is this mouse? <laughs> Why is his teeth so big? Why does he have the digital cat fur technology from cats? Like, what's going on here? Meow. And then <laughs> pushed that back and changed it. But what will be the litmus test for this, I think, if Sonic makes loads and loads of money, I think that will encourage studios to be more kind of, you know, I don't know, what would you call it? Like, uh, kind of adhere to the source material more, yeah. take it more seriously, well, try to replicate it more faithfully. This, I mean, this film looks like it's apart from having Sonic in and rings. What does it have to do with Robotnik? Yeah, in Robotnik. It as well. uh, Robotnik is in it. He ain't fat. I'm not happy about that. Jim Carrey, he's got a nice little moustache. Now, I will love Jim Carrey for the end of time. He is the maddest man around, and uh, I just respect out the door for him. But is he going to deliver a good Robotnik? Um, He will deliver a memorable performance, but will it be a good uh, Robotnik? And the reason I ask this is because what character development does Robotnik have? Like in the game, in the game, he's Mm -hmm. just evil. And then he gets more evil. And now, but but in this one, we're probably going to have like, oh, he was a, he was abandoned as a child, which (laughs) made him evil because we have to have a sympathetic villain in this day and age. And then it will be like, oh, but I'm really funny and I'm really quippy. So we actually end up siding with him for some of the time. But wait a minute, is he an anti-hero? Is he going to have a sliver of good within him? Because apparently we need to have all of these complex emotions. No, just be evil. I think it's just going to be a Sonic movie, to be honest. I think it's just going to be Sonic runs fast is mouse is <laughs> 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 mouse eats rings and um and then there's gonna be robotnik being like no 
Stop mouse. Stop, stop I it. want rings. And that's going to be stop the Stop it, mouse. <laughs> yeah, stop running. I think it's just going to be a big goofy thing. It's like the Angry Birds movie. Apparently, the best rated. Uh, I was just yeah. About to bring that up. Yeah. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has Angry Birds 2, the movie. Not even the first no, one. No, not even the first one. Rated at 73% fresh rating. Detective Pikachu only with a mere 68%. So what does that say? I'd say more Angry Birds. Yeah, more Angry Birds. More I think, Angry Birds. I think, I think that does mean that Angry Birds 2, the sequel, is not only the best video game movie of all time, Which but the be- best video game franchise of all time, oh, and also so. the best movie of all time. Right, well, let's just go from the best to the worst in that case. Uh, so what we're going to do now is to close out this lovely podcast, we're just going to rag on some bad video game movies, because what a better... That's where, where I get most of my enjoyment by basically just complaining about things. Let's kick off things with the best Mortal Combat! Oh, I can't believe we got good, this good. entire thing without mentioning Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Good movie or bad movie, Josh Brown? Uh, good movie, but for the bad reasons. I... <laughs> That's my opinion of it. <laughs> She's doing her best reptile impression. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a bad movie, but it is a banterific one. That's it, yes. Yeah, it doesn't even make any sense, and it doesn't have any blood in it. And Johnny Cage is kind of <laughs> bad. Yeah. Got- Goro is like, he's oh, a weird animatronic bad. Daddy in the world, you know what I mean? He's got all these arms. He gets punched in the bollocks at yeah, one point, he does. and that's all I remember from this film. I don't remember the plot. I remember the bit in hell with Scorpion Sub- yeah, and Sub Zero. That's really yeah, good. That uh, good. But I can remember like images. I can remember. Yeah. I literally I have no memory bollocks. of yes, it. Like, yeah, that's but, it. But that's kind of like a like a Vietnam flashback. Then yeah. that's, Almost, like, that's yeah. just kind of like you're like boom reptile, boom like Scorpion, <laughs> boom Nightwolf. Whoa. Like it was. It's a film that never took itself seriously, which is why I don't think it's a terrible movie Mm. because of the fact that there were so many asides and in-jokes where the characters knew they were spouting absolute cack. But the (gasps) theme song, oh, that will forever live beyond the game itself. Oh, chef kiss all round. I mean, and it a was a slow one for yeah. you there. And spit back on it. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, that was immortalized at Scott Tilford's wedding, if I recall. I it feel was like indeed. that Mortal popularized Kombat. it. Yeah, his mum I mean? screaming that out. <laughs> I always get the Mortal Kombat, but this is this is also sacrilege, but the Mortal Kombat movie in the Street Fighter. Oh, one. but we oh, to talk about that. Oh, it's about Street Fighter, baby. Okay, right. So, do you like Street Fighter? It was all right. I oh. like, you know what I mean? I like you bad have, movies. Yeah, but, I like no, but bad you have polarizing. Either you love it or you hate it. No, I <laughs> it's, it's, it's a bad film, but that doesn't mean it's not enjoyable. No, it's definitely enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so bad, it's great. It's just like having Jean-Claude Van Damme as Girl and ha- having none of the characters represent <laughs> any of their character traits is just fantastic. It's that bit where, um, uh, what's his name, Ralph, is it Ralph, Ju- Ralph Julio? I do not know. Ralph Silver? That's the one, yes. Um, he's He plays um, uh, M. Bison yep. in this and he is having the time of his life. <laughs> and do you know what? massive respect for that guy because he only took that role because yeah, his yeah. grand kid or, or kid yeah, yeah, yeah. wanted him to do it and loved Street Fighter. He goes, so I'll be M. Bison. So apparently all of it was yep. done in that tongue-in-cheek way and that's why I love this That's role. so... I did not know that, but that mm-hmm. makes me like this movie more. I've never actually seen it. I've only seen clips of all the yeah. bad parts. So <laughs> in my head, it's just this excellent compilation of terrible oh, clips. Yeah, that's yeah. so, so fun. But I do feel like, you know, movies like that, movies like Mortal Kombat, have a certain charm to them that I think some modern ones don't, like Prince of Persia. I don't know what defines (laughs) the Prince of Persia movie, but I know even 
through only seeing clips, what defines the Street Fighter movie, you know what I mean? But we, but we went through like different eras with this, didn't we? Because we had um, the video game movies, like the Street Fighter ones, Mortal Kombat, and uh, I can't remember, the, it was the Super Mario Brothers one, which mm-hmm. we'll touch on in a Woo! minute. Like, they were bad movies because they did not give a toss when mm. it came to their source material. They kind of had the elements there, but then they were just like, whatever, we're just going to be silly because video games are silly. That's yeah. the message they were trying to say. Then we moved into this super dark and gritty ones mm. with like, Punisher, not mm. one of Punisher. It's, um, Punisher. Um, uh, uh, no, uh, Punisher had a video game. It's, it's, not, so. it's, not, it's not that one. It's the um, it's the one with. Come on, think, 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 think. Alone in the dark. I was going to bring up Alone in the Dark as the worst one. That is yeah. the worst one. I've never, down. I've never managed to watch it all the way through because I fall asleep at the middle every time. Same <laughs> point. I literally get knocked out every time I watch it. But that like, was trying to be gritty and dark, and that so they had that brooding thing. And the the, like the, good though. And then, and then in the, then we had the overblown blockbuster sequels style stuff yeah. where we had like the Warcraft stuff and things. And now we're hopefully getting a move forward into we'll maybe see. more personal. We'll see. Considered brooding serious movies that have a touch of fun, like <laughs> Sonic. The Hedgehog. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're always going back to Sonic. <laughs> but I mean. We should definitely talk more about um, Alone in the Dark because uh-huh. it's um, who is the actor, uh, the main guy. I, in I can't it. remember. I, I try and scrub it from my memory every time I watch it because I think, oh, I'll watch this again. Maybe <sighs> I'll like it this time. Is Fall it, asleep is and it, scrub. Is it Christian Slater? That's yeah, the one. That's the one. Yeah, it's Christian. Uh, yeah. It's it's not he is good. awful. Like if you're watching this. Mr. Slayer, like, I don't mean you any harm by this, but seriously, that was your worst acting gig I've probably ever seen you in. At least he's bounced back now. He's doing quite good yeah. things What's now. What's he doing now? I don't know, but I've heard he's bounced back and doing good <laughs> things now. I've definitely seen him in movies, the hard Uber Bowl movies, which is, if anything, a big comeback. He needs to step away from ever doing a video game uh, movie again because he systematically ruined Blood Rain. Why are you laughing? You like this? You postal? Why? No, I'm just, whoa, don't look at me. I'm just laughing because he did so many like, yeah, video game did. movies. Like, like, he just did, did so they, many. Why did they give him I just, so I just many? Slurp them all up and then just yeah. he did filed them all he's out. He's passionate about video games. Oh, God, I just, just remembered he did the Hitman one. He did all sorts. Didn't he do the Hitman one? I don't know if he did. He oh, did. but the Hitman one was That awful. was also awful. Both Hitman? How were the two Hitman <laughs> movies? How have there been so many in? How are so many of them bad? Hitman would work perfectly as mm. a film, though. If they did that right, yeah. it's just like James Bond. Yeah. James Bond. Yeah, there Ash, he is. The pictures you've had on this podcast so far, your Sonic Mouse pitch and now this. Why, <laughs> why are you not making these movies? I, See, I'm not sure you better. That's why. Yeah, that's what happened. I take all these things and be like, wow, let's have some fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, Uwe Bolo over it. Very good. Uh, very good, good. fellas. Good. <laughs> <laughs> a nice crack, friends. <laughs> right. So. There's a lot of bad movie, uh, video game movies out there. There yes. are, but yeah. it's There's like a lot of good ones too. Yeah, there there are. There are ho- fun ones. I'm hoping that we're moving towards them getting better because they took the absolute piss. I mean, St- Street Fighter with the stealth boat, like that was that was bad. That was bad. Did you ever watch it? And um, we're just ranting about movies no, so, now. Yeah, this, yeah. We're not having a conclusive end to this. No, we're just no, going to no, rant no. until we end up, up tired and gassy. Tekken was also bad. Did you watch any of oh those movies? Oh my God, how did I forget about Why Tekken? do all the... It's, oh, it's always the fighting movies. It's always the... Dead the or fighters, dead or alive. The, be- oh. the best fighting game movie is the Black Mirror episode of uh, Fighting Vipers. Oh, do you know yes. what? I'd actually yeah. totally yeah, agree with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It. That's it. That's actually, Definitively, that's, that's what it should be. That's what you do it, yeah. Bad porn parody, that's all there should yeah. be. There we go. Like, that's what we decided on. Yeah. I think that's our conclusion. I think that's what Dead or Alive was trying to do. <laughs> like, it, was, it was very boobalicious towards it. Yeah, it was, um, it was a weird film. Good film, Ratchet and Clank. 
But have you guys seen it? It's a beautiful movie. Uh, I got it. I watched it because I bought the Ratchet and Clank reboot that was the sequel to the film, but also a reboot to the uh, original yeah, yeah. game. Very yeah, weird. It wasn't like a remaster, was it? No, it was a redo no. again of it, which I found. I found the, found the original. Uh, played the original one and loved the original so one. So good. And uh, I was interested in the movie, but then just played the game again and so. Yeah, the movie just um, the game takes uh, stills um, clips from the movie and yep. just like stitches them together. And the movie's fine. It's just. Again, it, has, it suffers from the problem of, oh, God, we've got a lot of uh, narrative to fill and a lot of dialogue to talk. Yeah. Can anyone write dialogue? <laughs> and it's like, hello, mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Let me eat your rings. Whoa, whoa. I know, PG, I did. PG, it is PG. PG. Gold floating right, rings. Guys. Porn parodies are the best fighting Oh, movies. we're always back to this. Yeah. If we were to make a video game porn parody, this is how we're going to end this podcast. Uh, what would it be? Like a video game porn parody. Oh. Pac-Man. And Miss Pac-Man, Fat Man. No. Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He, he wants, yeah. he wants couples, couples love. No, that's it's nice. Not, it's not perverted. That's, that's loving into perverts. Just giant chomping heads. Yeah, but yeah, but then when the ghosts get involved, <laughs> oh, there's spiritual aspects to it. So we're having a ghost gangbang then. I think so. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, I'd be up for making that if you guys are up for making that. Whoa! I'm not starring. I didn't say you we asked, had to star in it. Asking, I'm just saying we can make it. And that's all I need to know. If you're in for this, you know sign what? this contract. Sign me up, brother. Sign me up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, you in. I would do a. <laughs> I would do a video game porn parody of medieval. Oh God, clanking bones. Yeah, clanking oh, clanking no. bones. XXX, clanking bones. Um. Yeah, I'd, I'd just like Cooper like the. Oh, you and oh, Sly Cooper get a room. One hundred percent. No, that's a hot game. Like it's like it's <laughs> a good racket. That is not a hot game. You want some couples love? Him and Carmelita Fox. Ooh, some very loving baby. Like I would, I'd be down for that. I'm trying to think of a read. I'm trying to think of one to top that. But there's not really one because I mean you've gone for the fairy thing. You've gone for the couples' nice love with the ghost gangbang optional. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. It's bonus. Think, feature. think, think. What are my favorite video games? Street oh fighter. no! I just know what Scott would say if he was here. Come on, he'd have a Metal Gear Solid porn parody. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast. Mm. Oh, that's upsetting. Yeah, it has a bit. It's upset me too. But what a perfect way to end this podcast with a little bit of depression. Thank you very much for joining us through this wild and rambling discourse on video game movies, why they're good, why they're bad, and some that are just plain porn parents. <laughs> <laughs> we hope that you enjoyed that. And please let us know in the comment section. Give us a five-star rating on Acast or wherever you listen to your podcast. As always, I have been Jules Gill. This has been Josh Brown. Goodbye. And this has been Ash Millman. I love the devolving into ASMR jewels when mm, you get yeah. to the end. Mm. Ah, goodbye, Hush everyone. tones ready for it's, the porn it's, parody. It's the sound of my spirit escaping from my body as I die. <laughs> it basically, I power down to be awoken <laughs> again on the next What Culture video. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, guys. Hope you have a fantastic day, whatever you're getting up to. We'll speak to you soon. I'm this arm to wave. Yeah, you locked it. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.